Hey, Greyhounds fans. Thank you for listening to the Hounds Huddle podcast on moraviansports.com, the Greyhound Sports Network, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm LJ Smith, Assistant Director of Athletic Communications at Moravian University, and on this episode, I sat down with head football coach and defensive coordinator Jeff Puxin. We discussed his days as a student athlete, concluding with his 11th season as the head coach of the Moravian Greyhounds football program. So let's get this episode underway and meet our guest, Jeff Puxin. All right, I'm joined by head football coach and defensive coordinator Jeff Puxin. Thank you so much, Coach, for sitting down with me this afternoon and kind of talk about your career as a football student athlete all the way up to now finishing your 11th year at the helm of this Greyhound squad. Was football your first true and only love for athletics? So, no, I come from a uh, basketball family. Okay. Um, My grandfather uh, is from Allentown. Played at Allentown Central Catholic um, here locally. Um, played semi-professional ball. Played against Wilt Chamberlain. Okay. Um, scored 69 points in a game, and that was with no three-pointers. You know, he kind of was the uh, face of the family, so to speak. Um, and then uh, had two ants on the first state championship team at Allentown Central Catholic on the women's side. Um, they played together. And then uh, my one aunt, Tina Crawl, had a unbelievable career collegiately uh, with the, the movie The Mighty Max with Immaculata yeah, yeah. played on that team and um, and just recently retired from the NCAA wow. and did that but had a great uh, playing career coaching career uh, was a head coach at San Jose State was an assistant at Cal Berkeley started her career as a graduate assistant at uh, Michigan State it was really cool because I got to meet Magic Johnson when I was a little yeah. kid out there um, going to visit her so uh, you know certainly a lot of uh, basketball in the family um, and I was, you know, my one uncle played some football in, in, in high school and I was really good at it, but went to the service after high school. Okay. And, uh, but, you know, I was the first in the family to go and, and play in college and, uh, and do that. So uh, I don't know. I kind of broke away from the pack, <laughs> but I think a little bit had to probably do that. I was only 5'10", so there wasn't, <laughs> you know, a big recruitment process for me in, in basketball, uh, you know, in high school. With that, so yeah, just uh, ended up being a being a football guy in the family with out of a basketball family. That's incredible. The the amount of I don't even say star power that your family has been around, but you kind of been exposed to and seeing how those organizations operate, and then being able to take that and see how the work ethic pays off. You have examples right in front of you growing up. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. It really, really is. And to have those uh, family members that you can lean on, mm-hmm. and uh, from my grandfather and you know aunts and uncles, and and like I said, you know my aunt Tina moving on collegiately and doing things, and then moving on, you know, as a coach and uh, you know climbing the ladder like a graduate assistant, assistant coach, head coach, and then getting to the NCAA level and doing things at the administrative level. You know, just really, really fortunate, um, you know, with that. So that's been really, really good. And, and the mentorship and the guidance has been been great um, on that end of things. Oh, I can imagine. So you're a kid, you're playing football. Did you, you said basketball family, but did you play basketball, baseball, anything like that as a kid growing up in the middle school, high school? Sure, yeah, you know, that was the thing. I think, you, you know, I started out being football, basketball, baseball. That's what you did. You went to mm-hmm. the park and – uh, you know, you did all those things like that, and um, you went from one sport to another. Um, you know, I still remember the Allentown Jordan Park Fourth of July baseball tournaments, and then 
you know, a month later you're going into football and, and then you're in the gyms and, you know, elementary schools and middle schools and winter league basketball. So it just went in one to another and, uh, you know, went to Catholic school my whole life. So CYO basketball was mm -hmm. a big thing in middle school um, and doing those things like that. But started out as three sports, then then went to two. And then uh, my sophomore year at downtown Central Catholic had a knee injury in the summer league basketball, actually, and then didn't play. Um, you know, to just handed in the, the basketball and stayed with football uh, the rest of the time at Central. So, which was which was a good good time for me. We went through a coaching change um, in high school at that time, and it just you know really took off. And, mm. and you know, so really kind of right time, right place uh, to have more mentors and great leaders come into my life. Oh, for sure. And having that impact of an, an unfortunate injury, but kind of steering you in what exactly you wanted to do moving forward where you could see yourself thriving yeah absolutely you know and I think probably you know every person you talk to probably in our department has a teacher or a coach that really was a great mentor for them um, and I, I was lucky to have a couple mm -hmm. um, you know and it started in high school and still continues in those relationships I still have um, you know which is great so again it was just kind of uh that transition in the sophomore year, right time, right place, blessed with some great coaches. And, uh, you know, and then the kind of, I don't know, the rest they say was history, I guess, for the football <laughs> side of things. That's what I stuck with. You're playing football in high school. What was the, were you recruited while you were playing football in high school? What was that process like? Because all the coaches I've spoken to so far, it's completely different than what the process is now. But what was that like for you as a student athlete? Sure. It, to me, it was a fun process. Um, you know, and we were lucky to have a couple guys go on and play collegiately at all different levels. So there was a lot of coaches that we got to meet in the offseason that would come through, um, you know, around this time of the year, um, you know, with that. So for me uh, personally, it was, you know, a lot of local schools, and you, you know, Division II, Division III um, schools in Pennsylvania, Jersey, you, you know, around here regionally um, that would come in, talk to us, talk about, you know, w what their school niche was, I guess, okay. um, you know, what they were known for on the academic side, on the athletic side. And um, you know, selling some things and doing that stuff like that. And then, you know, like I said, our coaches were really good mentors for us. So after we would have those meetings with college coaches, um, we would recap that with them and say, yeah, they, you know, they're tied to this academically. They're tied to this athletically. Um, you know, they have people, you know, from around here on the roster, different things. So it was a really good educational experience for me and just really lucky that I never had to do it on my own, um, you know, because I was, you know, 17. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, I needed some help um, with that. And uh, so it was a really good process. It was a it was a fun process. Got to know coaches that recruited me that I'm still friends with today, even though I didn't go to their school. So, um, you know, you, you end up sometimes with lasting relationships. Um, it's just one conversation, um, mm -hmm. you know, can make a difference. And, uh, you know, and that's the great thing about athletics. Talking with Jesse Bauman, the head cross country and track and field coach, he even said one of his current student athletes, he recruited his older sister when he was just a kid. And he decided to come here because he had a connection with Jesse. Mm -hmm. So that's just an incredible idea to think that no matter what, one conversation, whether you choose that institution or not, has an impact on the future of a potential another student athlete or even just having that connection moving forward throughout life. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a really neat process when you think about it. Yeah. You know, everyone moves at, at such a fast pace in life but when you think about those connections and you know in coaching or business or teaching or you know what have you um, you know in athletics you know that one conversation can last a lifetime so you go on you play collegiate football and afterwards you you come onto the coaching side of things after your time here at Moravian 
and you coach with a Hall of Famer in Scott Dapp, a former athletic director, head coach here. You're also a Hall of Fame member with him here in the Moravian Athletics Hall of Fame. Um, so what was that experience like for you working alongside Coach Dapp? You know, playing for him was great. So I think the relationship started, you know, player-coach relationship um, and just really got along. You know, I was fortunate to play with a lot of good guys here too. So the, so the experience was great mm -hmm. and had a lot of different coaches. And, uh, you know, again, just meeting more people and more mentors and, and people that are going to give you guidance. Um, in high school, it's one thing because it's part of the recruitment. And then when you get to college, it's uh, more about life. Yeah. And your postgraduate success and what you want to do and some things like that. So always had a really good connection with Coach Dapp, um, you know, on the player coach side of things. And then, uh, you know, was fortunate, you know, have a, a couple extra classes to take um, after I was done playing and got to be basically a student coach, I guess, if you will. Okay. And, uh, and that's where I really caught it. And I, I really saw the inside of things now and how recruiting works, how, how these coaches show up at your high school. Mm -hmm. um, you yeah. know, found out that they're long days and uh, you got to be super organized. Then you're going to five or six schools a day um, and doing that stuff. And then, you know, finding out a little bit more of, you know, this is what we have to offer here and, and how to go about talking to a family and recruit and doing those things like that. So really got ingrained in that pretty early and, um, you know, really liked it. Um, and always wanted to learn more and be around more and do those things like that. Um, and then after two years of, of one year of the student coach, one year as a part-time coach, um, you know, and out there, I guess, kind of working in the real world, as my wife would say, um, <laughs> you know, was fortunate enough to get hired full-time as the defensive coordinator. And so to work with Coach Dapp then, um, you know, as his defensive coordinator was, was great because he was a defensive coordinator at one time early in his career. And uh, so, again, some more mentorship and uh, how to do things. And, uh, you know, and, and again, like anything else, there's a learning curve. That first year, I still remember uh, that was a lot mm -hmm. um, because it was, you know, practice scripts and organization and organizational charts and doing different things. Uh, again, just it was really, really good that I had other coaches around me that could really teach me. Um, a guy named Fritz Halfacre coached with me. And Coach Halfacre is very well known in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and was a uh, high school coach. And he was a counselor, you know, guidance counselor in Jersey um, and uh, really taught me the little parts of play in the secondary and linebackers. And it was just really, really fortunate to, to have him uh, be a part of, of my, you know, coaching career. I was really, really lucky. Mm -hmm. um, to have Coach Half around, too. So, this, so that was fun. So those 10 years as defensive coordinator were great. Recruitment was great. And just tried to learn as much as I could and keep preparing for the next step, um, you know, of my career. So you, you're named the head coach, and you take over for Coach Dapp. What was going through your head? Because you talk about moving up through the ranks. So you finally get the head coach title added to defensive coordinator. What was that experience like? Sure. Well, Coach Dapp obviously got moved in the athletic director role. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess I felt like my job was just turn out the lights at, at the end of the <laughs> yeah. night, you know, the last one to leave the office, uh, you know, uh, with that. But in, in all honesty, it was uh, it was humbling. You know, it was a place where you play that you're uh, getting, uh, you know, passed on to be the head coach now, passing that torch, I should say, mm -hmm. on to be the head coach. So um, ultimate pride in the university here, ultimate pride in the program. Um, so it was it was very humbling to be able to um, lead the program that you once played for um, and, and, and do that. And again, really, really fortunate that Coach Dapp was just a little further away in a different chair, mm -hmm. um, but yeah. could still go to him for guidance and, and do things like that, which was great. Um, but then to also just create your own staff and do different things like that, you know, helped me 
and um, you know move on along the you know the the, the coaching career in, a, in in the head coach seat now. And, uh, you know, so player relationships are different and from an assistant coach to a head coach. So just had to take on those things, um, you, you know, and uh, it, it's been a fun process. And we, we fast forward a little bit. We, I alluded to it. You were inducted into the Moravian Athletics Hall of Fame. Humbling for sure, as you just mentioned, to become the head coach of your alma mater. But how like that experience is hearing Jeff Puxin Hall of Famer at Moravian University. Sure, it's, it's, a, it's a big honor, you know, because when you look, if you take the time to look, uh, and every person that's in a Hall of Fame can do it in their sport, mm -hmm. and uh, you say, wow, you know, I'm with Charlie Heidecker, I'm with Gary Martell, uh, you know, I'm with Kurt Poling and, and Tom Ike and, and Steve Tone and guys that I played with then, Bob Hennessy and Mike Pichuli, mm -hmm. and a uh, guy that I coached, Jared Pence, that yeah. I got to induct. Um, so it, it is such an honor to be – uh, a, a part of that wall, um, you know, with everything. And uh, so that's been, you know, that's, that's something that will always be there. I'm proud of and just played with a lot of good guys. And I think if it wasn't for the guys around me, I'm not sure I would have got in. Um, <laughs> you know, we all help each other out. And, uh, you know, I had a lot of good players around me that really helped me out. So without, without Jason Roeder and Sean Storm and, and uh, Dom Cusimano and different people, I'm not sure Jeff Puxin would be there. <laughs> um, you know, so just really honored to be in that position. But don't, I don't forget about the guys that really helped me get there as well. We'll move forward. It's spring of 2020. You, f you complete the fall 19 season, spring of 2020, and a global pandemic hits. Mm-hmm. What's going through your head from the coaching side of things? Because now you have to tell your team that practice has ceased. Sure. And uh, I can distinctly remember when we, uh, I think when we went to, uh, to virtual learning, mm -hmm. uh, we were just finishing a players council meeting and uh, the word came out and, you know, it was one of those things that, you know, we were all going, okay, what's your guess? How long? Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> How many weeks or is it a month or is it a year, you know, and mm -hmm. when, when do you think we'll be back and in uh, doing those things like that? So, you know, I think that was the first thing. Like, how long? Yeah. What, what are we thinking? Uh, where is this going to go? So that was the first thing. The next thing was going to the virtual learning. And obviously we were set up for success here, mm -hmm. right? Apple Distinguished School really set up for success. So as overwhelming as some things were. I think that transition ended up, when you look back, it was really, really smooth. Mm -hmm. And our players, credit to them for doing a great job. And credit for the staff to just, you know, a daily reminder. You know, hey, guys, let's attack the day. Hey, let's make sure we're doing these things. Um, you know, and different things like that to end the semester on a good note. But thought our players really handled that responsibility well. And like I said, it really made the transition smooth because of the technology aspect of where the school's at, um, which was you know, enormously helpful um, with that. But uh, didn't know where we were going to go, didn't know when we were going to come back. My message to the players all the time is when, when I find out, you're going to know as soon as I can tell you. Yeah. Um, so that was just the biggest thing. Um, and, uh, and, you know, certainly a little bit of a waiting game. But as information came out, we told them, and we just tried to keep them, you know, with as much information in front of them to try to help ease that anxiety because I think we all had that anxiety. <laughs> For um, sure, with yes. that. So that was the toughest part. But I think the constant communication hopefully helped, you know, as the days and the weeks went on. Oh, for sure. Having that open line of communication just gives clarity to the student-athletes. Mm -hmm. So trying to figure out exactly how to keep the student-athletes determined and engaged 
it's a credit to the coaching staff, to the athletic department, to this institution for guiding them in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, things were happening um, at different levels and not happening at some levels. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you always say, well, well, why or how? And why is this going on? I remember when Centennial canceled the 2020 season, um, you know, and it was in July. And I think it was July 6th, to be honest with you. And we got on Zoom with the players and told them. And, you know, that, that's heartbreaking. Yep. Um, you know, not so much for me, but for the players. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's all about them. It's their senior years, you know, a bunch of guys. And how are we going to navigate through this? And uh, I still remember, you know, we, we told the players. And then a day or two later, my kids are still playing some sports. Yeah. And how is that going on? I'm questioning that. How am I doing this with my players? And, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and then my kids are able to do some things, you know, um, and everything like that. So it's just navigating uncharted territories at different levels, mm-hmm. um, you know, with that. But I think the biggest thing was certainly trying to take things one day at a time. You know, one thing that I've learned and I think we tried to I tried to tell our players is, you know, you got to stay neutral. Being positive. Sometimes you don't know where it's going to get you. Mm-hmm. Certainly negativity, uh, you know, is something that does not work. I yeah. think we all know that. But trying to stay neutral and accepting where you're at and then, you know, just moving forward from that, um, you know, with everything. So that, that's been a big lesson that I've learned, um, you know, probably in that sports psychology world that, that um, the pandemic has taught me. Are you looking to get your hands on Moravian University Greyhounds gear? Head over to moraviansports.com and click the link sideline store under the tab fan zone to find our Moravian apparel store. Each month, there is a promotion that offers a discount to all things Greyhounds from hats, hoodies, shirts, and more. Head to the Moravian Athletic sideline store today, powered by BSN Sports. So we get to the summer of 2021. Mm Mm-hmm. We're about to have a preseason. What's going through your head? Because after this confusing and difficult time for everyone, including the student-athletes, still getting an education throughout this process, we're about to go and have a preseason for the first time in two years. What's that like for you, your staff, and then the student-athletes? Sure. I think for us it was you know, the same thing, us getting educated, because we knew we weren't out of the pandemic, but – it was about how do we manage things? How do we do things? How can we provide our players with the most information we can heading into a training camp that we know is not going to look all the way the same Yeah, um, with things? So, you know, a credit to everyone in the department for, for that piece, you know, because it doesn't take one person. I think it takes a village <laughs> yeah. um, in, in dealing with something like this. So I think that constant communication in our department, constant communication from sports medicine to the coaches – and how we're going to do this, and knowing that, you know, there's going to be speed bumps that are going to occur, and we just got to be able to handle those along the way because we don't know what they are yet um, with things. So, But we knew we were going to be here, and we knew we were going to get an opportunity to be together again, and certainly was going to be vastly different um, because we have, you know, really the sophomore class who didn't get to play as freshmen, the freshman class that's coming in who who played as seniors, um, you know, but are new to the program, um, and, and doing those things. So we knew that the, the whole the whole concept was going to be a little bit different when you're talking about experience um, and, and different things like that on a roster. So uh, I thought the staff did a great job in, in trying to navigate those things through training camp and as we got into the school year, uh, knowing that we were going to have those same things come up and just, you know, to constantly try to make sure the staff was 
on the same page to help the student athletes. You get through preseason. You're about to take the field and step on the sideline for the first time in two years as a program at King's College. What was going through the student athlete's head knowing about they're stepping on the field for the first time? Sure. I'm sure there was a lot of uh, butterflies. Yeah. Uh, you know, anxiety, if you will. Players and coaches, we, you know, <laughs> you're all going through it yeah. um, and doing those things. You know, we, we were away, uh, you know, up at King's um, for that first game. So just traveling together and doing those things like that, right? Just getting on the bus, you know, you have a little bit more time, you know, <laughs> thought process wise. Yeah. Um, as, you're, as you're going up to, uh, you know, up to playing away game and doing those things like that. You know, for me, and I always told the players, I was always really excited to watch them play. Um, you know, that Saturday was was a time for them to play at the best of their abilities. Um, that was their day um, to, to, to go out there and play together and, and, and do things, um, you know, in three different units on offense and defense and special teams. And, uh, you know, competition, I always said to our guys, should really bring out the best in you. So, you know, you know being the ultimate competitor should bring out the best uh, part of your game. Um, so to speak. So, so I certainly had a lot of anxiety. Um, there's no doubt about that. I'm sure those players did. But I think they always say, you know, once you have the first play underneath your belt, you know, once you score the first basket in basketball, once you get the first hit in baseball, you know, you kind of get into a rhythm. And, and I could see that rhythm progress, um, you know, in that first game and, and was proud of our guys because it's a long, you know, time that we were off. Yeah. And not being able to compete against someone else. You know, we had practices and we had things like that. But was really proud of how they handled training camp and handled that, that first game of getting back out there after a whole year off. And you open up Centennial Conference play on the road at Gettysburg. So back-to-back -back road games to start the season. So it's not even like you get to have that first home game finally. You go on the road to Gettysburg. And what a come-from-behind victory, earning that win in overtime. So let's talk about how that game progressed, scoring the game-tying touchdown on the final play, mm -hmm. and then coming out on top in overtime. Yeah, sure. We didn't make it easy for ourselves. <laughs> yeah. and we made everyone stick around a little bit longer than a normal game and playing that overtime. But, uh, you know, I think the guys just really persevered through that game. And I think that was the one thing. They never got too high. They never got too low. Um, we had some really good positive plays. Um, you know, we had some negative plays, uh, you know, with some things. But I think they just took one play at a time. And you could see that. And you could see that they had confidence throughout the game. Each play to me, just took kind of, a, kind of a life of its own, and that was great to see for our players because it wasn't about one play to win the game. It was about one play to do your job to have success. I was really proud of those guys, the way they played like that. Um, you know, I still remember on defense there was a lot of contributors, but I certainly remember Brady Hornbaker having a really, really big game that game and, you know, it was uh, you know almost couldn't be blocked up front. Um, and, you know, it was really, really good to see. And, you know, Trevor Cunningham had a big game on offense that day, um, you know, and, and really connected, uh, you know, with Chris. Um, and, and, you know, caught some really, some really big balls and, you know, a ton of contributors there. But, you know, Trevor catching some of those big, big passes and having some of those and then Brady, those, those things stick out. But I know that day, you know, we had a lot of guys that contributed in three phases and, uh, you know, and, and being able to win in overtime on the road is not easy and uh, was just really proud of the way they performed for, you know, 60 minutes plus. Yeah, definitely seeing how things came together as you said, first real preseason, even though it was still modified, coming off a, a tough loss on the road and getting right back on the road go into conference play and coming out seeing how the progression of just two weeks of being together on the field has grown 
this team really coming together. And then we fast forward now to homecoming. It's the second home game of the season. You have Dickinson at home, which is always, I feel like every centennial game is just a rivalry game every time it's played. But you come out on top. Talk about, uh, you said perseverance, but I just feel like that's an understatement for what this squad and you and your staff have been able to put in for this team. Sure, and that was coming off a of bye week. Um, so it was, you know, you're always, uh, you know, we give our guys, I think, a good amount of time off to really be just students for a couple of days mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, and have some time away from us. And then, uh, you know, that week, because of the bye week, you know, we had, we had a 6 a.m. practice on a Monday and kind of got them going, which we usually don't practice on Mondays, um, you know, with that. But gave them the weekend off and came back at it and just had an unbelievable week. The guys were, were competing and, you know, finishing plays in practice and doing some really, really good things. And then it's homecoming, right? So my feeling is give me a better venue. Yeah, in the conference for homecoming. I, I don't know if there is one. We we not only do it right. We I think we do it better than anyone for homecoming. Yeah, um, and having the tailgate and uh, you know and doing all those things and a lot of people coming back and wanting to see each other and then wanting to see you know Moravian football. So uh, just a phenomenal atmosphere and I can remember those as players and like I said just. I would argue with anyone. I don't know if anyone does it better than we do um, for homecoming. So I think that really fires up our guys. And I think we came out and just played really, really well um, from the first snap. And I think we played really, really physical. And, um, you know, and we're relentless in all three phases. You know, and that showed up on the Sunday film uh, without a doubt. So came out really fast. Had a little bit of a lull in the beginning of the second half. I don't know if it was that, was that weather that was rolling in and, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and the rain. But, you know, finished strong and did it together. And I was really, really proud of our guys. And, and there's no better win at our place than on homecoming, like I said, because that venue is just phenomenal. Just to step back on the field for the first time, the first home game was against, I believe, Johns Hopkins. Mm -hmm. So you take the field. You're running out. You see, you see the team running out. What? Was that like for you to finally see your team in their home uniforms come out and take Rocco Cabell Field? Yeah, it's phenomenal. You know, it really, really is. I mean, that's just such a – it's such a good environment, I think, for for our players mm -hmm. and our fans and our alums, you know, from – and like I said, you know, when you talk about homecoming, now you got – you got both sides. You got the blue and gray pavilion at home games, but now you got the whole practice field. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and 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 everyone's having fun. And it's just a fun environment. And for our guys, I think they just get, like I said, they get really fired up, um, you know, on homecoming because it's such a great crowd and it's such a great atmosphere. And, uh, you know, it's fun to do. So for me to watch those guys come out um, and just see it in their eyes and how much fun it is and how much they like that environment, you know, it's you, you can't get better. We, we move now toward to senior day. 30 seniors that are going to be leaving the program. I talked to Justin McRae. Uh, he was on the Zoom we had for the Athletics Giving Challenge we, we held, talking about what it was like to run out on the field on senior day. Just I have goosebumps thinking mm -hmm. about it for everyone. Like I was not a student athlete, but knowing what that experience means to this group of guys, knowing that they didn't play a, for a full year, two years, they're taking the field for the last time at home. Mm -hmm. What emotions did you see in the locker room? But you can also reflect because you were a student athlete here. What what was going through your head at that moment? Yeah, it's something as you go through it. And I, you know, like again, I, I'm really fortunate to be in that locker room as the head coach, but also have played there. You know, 100 years ago, but it was <laughs> you know in the same spot. You know, you just want to bottle that up. 
because you know it doesn't last forever. And I think, you know, you see that look of, you know, anxiousness saying, like, I can't wait to do this with, with the guy next to me, my brother next to me, mm -hmm. right? One last time on, on the field together at home and doing those things like that. So, you know, it's an emotional day. For me, the emotion is, is that these guys have poured their heart and souls into, you know, Moravian football and have really been really great people, you know, uh, ambassadors and involved in a lot of different things that we do, you know, in the community. And, mm -hmm. you, and you realize that, you know, you only got hours left now with them. And they were, this group was such a fun group and such a mature group to be around. So, um, you know, you see that and you're going, man, I hope this game lasts for eight hours, not just four, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, uh, for their sake and, the, you know, and, and for them to get every ounce of it, you know, that they can. So, you know, it is an emotional day, but it's certainly one that is going to last forever for them. And these relationships that they have built, yeah, you know, it's that last senior day, but but they're going to be together for for as long as they want to be, and and these relationships last a lifetime. I remember sticking around afterwards, and you see some of the seniors still on the field, like they they know, like they don't want it to come to an end. And if that day could last eight hours, like you said, just to know you're taking the field, the the pride that this group has. It, it has to be so rewarding for you to see how they've carried themselves over the past couple of years. Sure, it really is. You know, and guys that, you know, made hard decisions to move on, um, you know, whether it be in graduate school or getting jobs and some guys that have come back for their COVID year and then have just the, the seniors, you know, that have come up through and, 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 you know, all those guys together walking out that last time and walking out with their parents and, you know, knowing that it's emotional for the parents too. Uh, sure. You know, parents have done this since maybe they were eight years old. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they might be doing their last tailgate, uh, you know, together. So it's it's an emotional time for the families as well um, with everything. But this group, I thought, just really conducted themselves really well, and they were great. And, uh, you know, every relationship's different that you have as a coach with, with players, and, you know, they're not a one-size-fits-all. Uh, but these guys, I think, you know, really want to see the program really do well and kind of pay it forward and do that stuff like that. And they're going to have a lot of postgraduate success, which we're very proud of yes. as coaches and, and uh, you know, father myself, you know, you, you want that, that success to continue and it will with this group because of their effort, um, you know, and that's the main thing too. They have such effort. They have such perseverance. They're dedicated people, which they're going to be successful because of those traits that they all had. We wrap up the season and looking back, who like there's a lot of contributors on both sides of the ball, special teams as well. Uh, let's talk about a couple of the guys that have really stuck out, made an impact on this season. A couple record breakers with Nick Petros, Chris Mills, Corey Little, who ended up getting injured. Mm -hmm. Just like talk about some of the guys that really made an impact on this program. Sure, those guys you mentioned right there had a huge impact. You know, Nick Petros is a fierce competitor. And I always say that, and I've said it uh, probably more often than not, that that's the guy, you know, you, he's one of the guys that if you're in gym class, you're picking him first. And it doesn't matter what you're playing, <laughs> yeah. you know, because he's a fierce competitor, um, you know, and I think he has the ability sometimes to, to get people to play a, a little bit better because he's on the field um, and doing things. So he's great. You know, Chris Mills, really, really good leader, um, is going to be a great teacher and a great coach. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, he, you know, that success that he's going to have, 10, 20, 30 years down the road from now, you, you can see it in him as a person, um, you know, without a doubt. You know, and other guys, Carrington Smith, what, what a leader in the backfield. Uh, and again, again, another guy that gives a ton of effort 
and does things the right way and just was great for, for the group and for the running back group and the unit and offense and I think really helped all the other running backs, you know, to be completely honest with you yeah. on how you practice and how you approach things and how you do things. Um, so that was great. Um, you know, Trevor Cunningham uh, got a little banged up, but again, great leader, um, you know, great individual, great person, um, you know, without a doubt. You know, the, the whole offensive line, those guys, you know, missed a year and that's the hardest position on the field. You got to get five guys on the same page every single play, um, you know, and doing things. And uh, I thought they got better as the year went on and collectively got better. And that was great to see on, you know, on the offensive side of the ball. And and defensively, you know, a lot of experience on defense. You know, we mentioned Brady Hornbaker, Noah Bridinger, Justin McCray, Jalen Richardson. The list goes on and on and on. Guys that, you know, uh, you know, fifth-year guys and R.J. Nicholson and, and Jackson Buzzkirk, um, you know, and doing things. And, you know, with R.J., just, you know, some of the underclassmen said w- it was great to have him back playing and, you know, what great leadership and just the things he was telling us and how to play and how to do things. So, you know, those things are awesome to hear um, and just such a great group and a lot of contributors. Yeah. And probably could sit here for oh, a couple for, hours for, forever. And, and talk about what great people they are and what great leaders they are and, you know, that that's just uh, says a lot, I think, about who they are, you know, going through the program. And how meaningful is it to the to you to you specifically, but the coaching staff to know that this group has left that much of an impact on the underclassmen moving forward, that they see the work ethic, the work that was put in to now carry that torch to move forward and with this program. Yeah, it's great. And, you know, again, it was really hard, right, for, for not just football, for, for all yeah. athletes in college, especially Division two and Division three that missed a year. Uh, because, again, you weren't able to work out together a whole lot. And you had to put it together pretty quick if yeah. you were a fall sport in, in 2021 and doing that. So certainly there was time missed. But I think when you look back on it and kind of evaluate it, you say, wow, they, I, I do think they made the most of their time. And, and tried to do the best they could, right? And that's that's the most important thing because you can't you can't go backwards and you can't yeah. say, wow, you know, hey, we missed those things. I think they did a good job of saying, well, here we are now and we're going to continue to move forward um, and doing those things like that. And it's really, really good, you know. And another guy, Romello Walters, was a big part. R.J. Guffey, long snapping. Um, you know, all these pieces of the puzzle and these seniors that all had a part in mm-hmm. what they do um, and they get along so well, it's really neat to see. And you you mentioned not to take anything for granted. That's the one key thing I've taken away from all of these recaps I've done with the fall head coaches is that's what their teams really honed in on is like tomorrow was never guaranteed. Something could have popped up and we could have been out of contention, out of playing the sport you've been wanting and waiting to play. So go out there and make it worth every second. Is that something you felt like your team really did this past season? I think they did to the best of their abilities, absolutely. And I think the one time, one thing that we always talk about, and I'm sure every coach does, um, you know, is that when you're playing, you know, and the student athlete, I think, really, you know, range true here. You know, you're a student athlete, and you keep those things in priorities no matter what sport you are. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, we do a good job of that at Moravian. And to talk about when you're in the classroom, be the best student you can be. But when you get to go to practice, have fun. 
Yeah. Do, do your best to have fun. And that's not always easy because there's a lot of things on your mind, um, you, you know, with that and everything like that. But I think that's the, you know, the message you try to say is that, hey, be the best student you can be, be the most complete player you can be in whatever position you are and really whatever sport you are, um, you know, and doing those things like that. And, uh, you know, and then you have those lasting relationships because you're working out together and you're doing those things and you're practicing together. So, even when you have those emotional days like senior day and that last time you're stepping on the field together, then it just moves for those seniors into the next phase of their life and their careers, but they're always going to have each other. Well, in referencing what Coach Jeff Yukorik said, the, the women's soccer coach, attending the Hall of Fame with his seniors is something that he will never stop doing because they're not up there talking about the game-winning kick the game winning anything. It's about the memories they made with their other peers, their coaching staff, stuff like that matters. That's what's going to leave a lasting impact. And I feel personally just hearing those stories, that it's one of my favorite nights of the year because you get to hear those things from another generation of student athletes that came up through the same programs that we're currently trying to continue on. So that's just really something I like to hone in on and credit to, to Coach Yakorik for instilling that in his players as well because it sounds like that's what a lot of the staff has been doing sure i think you know the one thing i've talked to some of these players about some of the seniors about is uh you know through my experience i i cannot give you a score of a game Mm -hmm. that i played in but i can tell you that jason roeder and i and kevin greenberg we're in lockers right next to each other i can tell you that You, you go through things with players and you go through highs and lows, and, and those are the things that continue, right? So yeah. you have really good times, and your friends get married, and they have kids. And, you know, unfortunately, we you know, a really good friend and teammate of mine, you know, passed away way too soon. Unfortunately, not just one. Um, you know, uh, Wally Westerfeld was one, and, and Sean Kevel, you know, unfortunately, um, who our MVP trophy is named after now, yeah. um, and everything like that. But, you know, you, you remember the relationships. I tell our players, like, the score sometimes you won't remember, and that's A-OK. Yeah. Um, but you may remember some of the good plays. Sometimes you remember some of the plays that maybe you could have made, but the relationships are the things that, you know, you're going to remember forever. Um, and then that's what means the most. So we look ahead now as we concluded this season. What can we look forward to next year for the Moravian football program? Sure. You know, it's uh, you, you graduate a, a really big class. So the hope is now as we head into February that, you know, we end up having a probably a little bit bigger incoming class to match the numbers, mm-hmm. so to speak. So um, it's going to be a new group of guys. Um, that are coming in in 2022, a couple new guys that are already here on campus as, as mid-year transfers, um, which they're fired up to be here, and we're fired up to have them be a part of our program, um, you know, and doing things. So that's, that's a good thing. So I think for us, you know, it's, again, you know, it's going to come down to, you know, these guys really now getting an offseason together like we truly haven't had. Yeah. Um, so it's another building block, I think, that, that is good. Talk about the return to normal. I'm not sure what normal is, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I know we keep managing things and progressing through things, and I think we do it awesome here. Yeah. So I think, you know, from, from top to bottom, it's been a great transition into this spring semester. So through the guys working out together, through them being great sales reps for the new incoming guys, the guys that are seniors right now, mm-hmm. um, you know, at their high schools and creating relationships when families visit. Um, it's, it's, you know, you couldn't ask for a, a better scenario heading into 22 right now. That's, that's awesome. Jeff, thank you so much for spending some time with me this afternoon to kind of recap this past season, but also reflect back 
as a child from <laughs> finding the love of your sport all the way up to working with Coach Dapp and becoming a Hall of Famer here at Moravian. Thank you for your time, and we'll look forward to catching up before the season starts next year. Thanks, Elder. I had so much fun talking with Jeff Puxin, the head coach and defensive coordinator of the Moravian football squad. We had the opportunity to reflect on his youth and past as a student athlete, then his coaching tenure as a Greyhound for over 20 years, including being inducted into the 2019 Moravian Athletics Hall of Fame. Be sure to follow the football program on social media at MoravianFB on Twitter and at MoravianFootball on Instagram. And if you haven't done so already, go ahead and follow the Moravian University Athletics accounts as well. That's all I have for you on this episode of the Hounds Huddle podcast. Until next time, I am LJ Smith, signing off.